I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Okay, good afternoon to you. Welcome to the COB for the 23rd of September. I'm Nadine Blaney. Scuddy is here with me. Hey, Scuddy, how was your day? We had an interesting afternoon, didn't we? But uh, it was good. I thought it was a good day too. Yeah. All things said and done. And a great day for the market at an index level, up by nearly 2.5%. The Chi X200 up by close to 2.2%. That's been a long time since we've seen a gain of that magnitude. Yeah, I think uh, the largest gain, uh, at least for a one-day percentage gain since uh, in seven weeks or so. So uh, that we went gone from a, a more than multi-month low to a more than multi-week high in the space of, uh, of one day, thanks to the, uh, the size of the, uh, this, this, the jump we saw today and also the fact that it'll be a pretty narrow trading range for the last couple of weeks. It's certainly so. Um, the financials came to the party. The big miners did. Some of the smaller gold plays didn't have such a great day. But CSL up by close to 4%, Woolworths up 4%. If I'm looking for negativity, other than some of those small gold miners, I guess you look to CleanAway, which has been in a bit of controversy with its CEO. And uh, WiseTech Global, not quite sure why WiseTech would underperform tech in general. But yeah, even some of those buy now, pay later names making some good games after pay up by about 3%. So what do you put it down to? Is it the fact that we saw that positive US session? Is it that we now know that they're it's likely to be more monetary policy stimulus here in Australia. Or is it as well, Scotty, that like the Australian economy um, is, is reopening, borders are opening re- tonight, you know, we'll start to be able to travel and, and therefore spend more? Uh, well, we bounced off a key technical level yesterday. So we uh, hit the lows uh, back in late June. We hit that level yesterday and bounced. So that gave us a bit of a technical impetus to go and move higher. Then we saw what happened on Wall Street. And then big Billy Evans from Westpac came home and delivered the bacon, changing his call for, uh, for the RBA to go and uh, cut the cash rate to 10 basis points uh, next month on October 6th. And also moved the uh, three-year yield target and turned funding facility rate down to 10 basis points as well. So that set the market alight. So if you've got to go and ask me the one specific thing, yes, we're getting some pretty good don't know, figures coming through about don't know, the health side of things. There's optimism on the economy. I reckon Bill Evans had a big say in what happened today. Yeah, saying it's going to be a Team Australia moment. A couple of Tuesdays from now, when we get the budget handed down, there will be more fiscal stimulus. There will be infrastructure spend, big time. And uh, the RBA, I mean, we're talking about a further interest rate cut. But, Scotty, I don't know, that's, that's not really going to stoke animal spirits, is it? Is it more significant, the fact that that rate will be brought across to the bond buying program and the TFF? I mean, how do you actually read it? It just shows a willingness from the central bank to go and, uh, and do more. And uh, I've been arguing this point for, uh, for more than a few weeks now. 
um, about how the RBA should not sit back and let die wondering whether they could do more to go and support the economic recovery. Uh, let's have this Team Australia moment. I hope Bill is right. I hope that uh, it does do uh, you know, bond buying and, uh, and helps to go and depress uh, yields so that we've got the state government, the federal government can go and, uh, and spend up, help the recovery and get us back underway. Uh, but the one thing is, well, you've got to remember is the Aussie dollar. Aussie dollar is a massive player when it comes to offshore earners. You, you wonder why CSL had such a big game today? Yeah. That's exactly the reason why. So uh, almost single-handedly, I think Bill Evans uh, sent the Aussie dollar down about uh, half a percent today. And that is no mean feat. Certainly no one in the RBA has managed to go and do that for quite a while. And we've got even former Prime Ministers, Paul Keating, weighing in, calling out uh, the RBA for its, well, for some of its errors and what's being termed as impotence over the past uh, few years. Uh, Stephen Kukoulis on Twitter saying, look, the RBA has failed so badly. So did the RBA, if the RBA comes through on Budget Day in this Team Australia, thanks for that, Bill. Um, it'll stick in my mind for a while moment. Will the RBA regain some of its credibility in your eyes? Scotty, I'm not saying that you don't think they've got credibility, but you've, you've been critical of the RBA. Oh, look, there's no doubt that the people who work at the RBA are an incredibly smart bunch of people. Uh, but I think that the bank's priorities have been misplaced over, the, uh, over recent times, particularly the last decade. Uh, whilst I completely agree that financial stability is a, is a key factor, uh, in my book, it's prevented the, uh, the RBA from doing its policy job. Simple answer, when it comes to its inflation target, it hasn't achieved its inflation target since uh, late 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, unemployment hasn't been at full unemployment uh, at any point since the GFC. Uh, to me, that's a policy failure. You can go and say, well, the government should have been doing fiscal support and everything else. That's beside the point. The RBA's mandate is to go and support inflation, keep it in a range, go and help full employment here in Australia. It didn't achieve either of those things. Will it go and give them any credibility if it goes down this path? Oh, look, potentially it shows that it's got a willingness to go and do it. But as I've argued for a long period of time, to me, it's just another example of dragging its heels. I put something on Twitter today and just showed that uh, as, a, as a dollar percentage, and might go get warped because obviously the bigger size of uh, sovereign debt pools out there between various nations. But the RBA has been the most impotent when it comes to the willingness to go and buy, when, look at the things like the shape of the yield curve. We had the steepest yield curve of G10 currencies out there. That all represents not only that uh, no, maybe we've got a better outlook than say other countries, it's also the RBA. And the market knows the RBA is glass half full that it represents. So let's hope it goes and does this. Let's hope the government also follows through and does what it needs to go and do. Then, well, we all get it right and, uh, and, the, and the virus is kept under control, we get a vaccine. I tell you what, the next few years is gonna be rips naughty here in Australia. It's gonna be a great time to go and uh, no, be around. Uh, so I'm hoping that uh, we get the ingredients put in place in this in a couple of weeks time. Uh, yeah, well, a lot riding on the federal government as well. So, um, yeah, we will continue, obviously, to mull over this for quite some time. But if all of those pieces come together, Scuddy, I know in the newsletter today you were writing about, come on, guys, it's time for the Australian market potentially to start moving on its own, you know, decoupling from just following the leader when it comes to equities. So do you think that if we uh, get this budget coming together with monetary policy and we do get um, you know an appetite for reform coming from the federal government as well the spending you know the job keeper job seeker all of that do you think that that might be a, a turning point look i hope so like we need to go and reflect differentials not only economics and health and uh and outlook towards uh, know what happens in the united states and europe and we all know that uh, that wall street is very influential but i've just found that far too often 
The, the local markets movements simply mirror what happened on Wall Street. Even though there's completely divergent you know, economic conditions and, uh, and, and health conditions domestically here, uh, and it doesn't really make sense to me. Like I understand that we're a small open economy. Uh, that means that uh, there's going to be some impact, but we're looking at a really different scenario. So not only what's happening in the in US, but also Europe at the moment. Yet uh, no, we're still seeing like you know the cyclicals getting beaten up, and uh, we're seeing uh, no growth stocks being you know, bid up to the moon again. That to me doesn't make any sense. And I, I make the point that should the Aussie dollar and the US dollar move in lockstep because of what's happening in the United States, and absolutely not. It, that would be ridiculous. So if you apply that logic across to equities, then I wonder why sometimes we are so quick to go and follow what Wall Street does and not actually go and mirror what's happening here domestically. Okay, well, one company that we chatted with today that has done really well through this pandemic, Ingrid Willinge, uh, was pretty, pretty interested in this company. It's called Red Cape Hotel Group. RDC is the t- ticker code. It's in the hospitality business, but it still posted a record September quarter, reinstated its dividend, and uh, it's been reopening venues since June. Things are going well. I guess the difference is, is that this is a company, it owns pubs and hotels, but it owns the property too. That just might be uh, the secret sauce. If you'd like to listen to that interview, you can do so, and that is accessible via the show notes. And we also, I really enjoyed chatting with um, CIO at 1851 Capital, Chris Stott, catching up about small caps. Now, I know that a lot of our viewers and our listeners are interested in small caps. And again, he is talking about some of those names that are tied in with economic stimulus, that are tied in with the better health outcomes in Australia. I will mention ARB, and you can hear his thinking behind why ARB is a winner in the small cap space. And then put him on the spot and said, tell us about one company that is completely flying under the radar. Not a lot of people are talking about, um, you know, share it, please. And he did. So if you'd like to listen to that interview and find out what that company is. And also... You're, you're going to tease everyone out there. You're not going to say... Why? What? Well, yeah, that's... The, I think that's I'll, give you, I'll give you a hint. It's about prop tech from memory. It, it is along those lines. It certainly is. All right. Uh, no, I'm not going to give it away, but you can hear his thoughts on Afterpay as well. And he says that, you know, it's clearly not really a small cap, but boy, he hopes that the price comes down sometime in the future because he's he, he thinks, that, you know, the business model is is sound and that Afterpay is leader in its class. And I'll just throw it in as well via the show notes. You can hear about small cap Recce Pharmaceuticals. I am so apologetic that I pronounced the name wrong, just reading off the prompter today. My bad, but it's Recce Pharmaceuticals, R-C-E. Um, we've chatted with the CEO, James Graham, before. He's, uh, he's, he's charismatic. He's uh, interesting to listen to, and it's doing some good things, and you can access that interview via the show notes as well. Just raised, um, raised $28 million in capital. So now that we're on stock, Scuddy, let's do the stock of the day, your favorite today, Kathmandu. Absolutely, absolutely. The New Zealand listed shares as well. Yeah, uh, it looks like Kathmandu had a pretty tough day, even at the end of it all. Um, yeah, obviously talking up their, their pivot to online and digital sales, but there's no getting around it. Shuttered stores and people being locked down was not good for Kathmandu. So it was the stock of the day. Kashi chatted with uh, Andrew Page from strawman.com, but let's hear what Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial had to say first. Obviously COVID's been a real big challenge for them. They're not one of the retailers that have benefited from from COVID uh, and it's hard to see when all those clouds again will will lift for them. So from our perspective, it's not one that we're too keen on. Uh, It's a very cyclical business. You'll see that in the balance sheet. 
they've like same store sales, their physical presence has been doing poorly. Um, They're not as reliant on the online space. People haven't been necessarily shopping as much for new fashions as they have for electronics. So they've been really struggling. I have similar uh, reservations about uh, retailers in general, clothing retailers in particular. It's just a super tough business. Um, I mean, I guess if you sort of normalize things out and you look at a very long-term view, earnings are sort of ticked ahead at an average pace at sort of that mid to upper single digit. It's not, not terrible at all. We seem to have this assumption that it is. It's always nine to twelve months a year, and then everything's back to normal. Yeah, yeah. And and maybe maybe it is. I just I just can't form a really high conviction on that view to, to take a position in the, in these yeah. businesses. I think what you what you're probably best doing is what you should probably do anyway with a lot of investments. Is sort of take that five ten year view. Is this business around at that stage? Is it material, earning materially more than it, than it is? Um, and and then take 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 advantage of a discounted price. But just know that it's going to be very, very volatile yeah. uh, up and down uh, along the way. So that is Andrew Page from strawman.com finishing those thoughts on the stock of the day. Katmandu, KMD is a ticker code. And yeah, it ended the session down close to eight tenths of a percent. Um, Scotty, we should mention then just now that I've got retail sales on the mind. Uh, we did get a retail sales read for August. It was a bit disappointing when you saw it in, um, retreating from what we saw in July. But I guess Victoria you know, goes a long way to explain some of the weakness there. Yeah, down over 4%. But uh, excluding that, I think uh, the ABS said that uh, it was down about 1.2% nationally. That's off a massively high base, a record base uh, previously in July. Uh, So it's still up around about 6% or so from a year earlier. Uh, Whilst there's been lots of stimulus in play and there's been also uh, very little places to go and spend it, particularly overseas, uh, I still am a little bit uh, cautious when it comes to discretionary retails. I cannot go and see that the trend that we saw pre, prior to the pandemic is gonna go in reverse anytime soon. But uh, for the time being, the, uh, the retailers are certainly continuing to shine. Yeah, and uh, retailers had a pretty good day today as well. So I do give um, credit to Comsec, I've just, I'm on Twitter and they, whoever runs that account does a pretty good job. So um, it had the best, the Aussie market had its best day in two months. So 91% of stocks improved today. Industrials did the best, which were up by 4%, followed by consumer discretionary. So there you go, even in the face of those retail sales, consumer staples, healthcare, and utilities. Thanks for that, Comsec. At Comsec is the handle. I feel like I need to give um, a shout out to them. Okay, so tomorrow, it's gonna be a busy day, Scotty. I know it's a bit stop and start throughout the day, um, but there's not really any big, economic news out here locally as well. No, I think uh, everyone will be looking at the uh, the flash PMIs that come out tonight uh, in Europe and the US, particularly the services side of the equation, I think, in, uh, in the United States, uh, because it, and uh, in Europe, I've got to say as well, because it's so uh, influenced by what happens with health outcomes. We've seen that there's obviously a, a bit of a pickup uh, in virus cases uh, in those parts of the world at the moment. So just interesting to see whether that's starting to go flow through to activity levels. If we start to see those drop off, uh, I suspect we're going to get a little bit uh, gnarly in markets because it will go and uh, feed that fear that we saw earlier in the week and last week. Okay, and we will continue to keep our eye on uh, not just what central bankers are saying through the overnight. It's not just Dave, Jay Powell. I don't have the list in front of me, but there's a whole raft of speakers. But also what happens on the political front in the U.S. You know, that election is creeping ever closer. RG, our... our um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death has complicated matters. We've got massive rallies being held with very little social distancing. We still don't have further fiscal stimulus. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot on any given night 
that could come from the U.S. that could set a cat amongst the pigeons, in my view anyways. And we'll be going to the U.S. first thing in the morning to speak with um, yeah, a number of guests, but looking forward to chatting with Carl Tannenbaum. He's chief economist of Northern Trust, so he'll digest um, everything that happened on the U.S. session for us from a top-down view. We'll also be speaking with the CEO and MD of Murray River Organics. It's just inked a deal with Custer Group. Looking forward to that one at 9.30 a.m. Uh, the day continues. It'll be a really good day once again. And uh, Fraser McLeod from Sean Partners will wrap it up for us with a buy, hold, and a sell. I'm going to go scaring by telling you I'm going to come to Adelaide sometime soon, the other uh, scary uh, Sydney siders. You've got a lot of dates lined up in Adelaide for when you when you finally get there. I, I, I who, 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 who knows when the... Uh, I, I've got no idea when I get there, but... Uh, We'll see what uh, we'll see what the flights are on offer, but uh, I can imagine that they're going to be pretty exy for the time. Yeah, being. I'm not rushing off anytime soon, Adina. <laughs> good, good. We'd miss you. All right. Um, hey, let's call it a day, shall we? It's been it's been a good one. It's been an interesting one as always. Had a bit of fun. Had a bit of a blooper. That reel is getting a bit longer as we head toward the end of the year. Uh, six months into Ausbiz, it's been so good to have all of you guys along for the ride, listening, reading, or watching. And we do look forward to doing it again tomorrow, don't we? Absolutely. We're uh, over hump day, so sliding towards the yards uh, to the weekend. So look forward to uh, having everyone join us tomorrow on Thursday.